Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Come to you each morning at 9 a.m. or so, Central Time, and uh, we work through God's Word together. Uh, it is important to uh, to note, I was thinking about this this morning, that uh, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful um, for advocation, for learning, for ex- exhortation, for training in righteousness. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful. And I, I think we maybe forget about that part, uh, the usefulness of God's Word, um, how God uses his word to um, discipline us, to correct us, to exhort us. Um, you heard that in the sermon yesterday. And uh, I think, well, the evidence of this is the way that some parts of Scripture are neglected. Um, it could be narrative portions that seem a little bit of a downer, you know, like Israel's constant rebellion against uh, the authority that God has established for their good to deliver his uh, gift of forgiveness to them. That's what we've been studying in Numbers. Uh, and then maybe some more neglected portions of Scripture that I'd like to pay some attention to, and I, um, I haven't quite worked out when and where, but, uh, for example, the uh, the Song of Songs, that love song of the Beloved, uh, which I would suggest, and this has been the understanding since the Church Fathers, uh, that's a, a picture of Christ and his church. What a beautiful song, but uh, I, I suppose because it has, what do you want to say, expressions that we don't typically use in polite company, uh, maybe it's a little bit more potential of offending us, the lavish uh, love that God has for for us, his bride, uh, in Jesus. Well, okay, so that's one. The other is the book of Proverbs, the wisdom literature. And um, I've noted this in that um, there's, a, there's a whole body of work, whether it's Ecclesiastes or, um, not so much Ecclesiastes, but definitely Proverbs, that uh, isn't really part of our our devotional life as a church. It's not certain, it only shows up a couple times in, in, in the lectionaries. And um, there's something lost there because it, it, it's wisdom of a father to the son and how to uh, govern, well, life, right? And so uh, there's many examples of Proverbs that, uh, that guide the way that I act and behave, not just as a pastor, but as a father and as a husband. But I'm not confident that a lot of people have read them um, because I, I see uh, witness evidence that uh, while they will confess that they're Christians, um, they don't seem to take heed to that word from Jesus, all right? So uh, if you've read the Proverbs, you know it could be a little bit challenging because you can't really just read through the book. It doesn't read that way. It's meant to be um, like aphoristic that you you read a proverb each day uh, and meditate upon it throughout the day or maybe a couple, you know, morning, noon, and night, something like that, um, and that you would commit them to memory as well, much like we have suggested with the psalmody. So um, all scripture is God-breathed and useful, and in particular here, uh, even the book of Numbers and the the less savory rebellion of God's people over and over, um, even to his goodness and grace and mercy. All right, so there's our lead in, and let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 
All right, our psalm this week uh, was our psalm yesterday for divine service, so it should sound familiar to you. All right, let us begin. Oh, love, excuse me, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My um, heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. Oh, as I said yesterday, I think it's helpful to remember, um, this is a confession of the gift of, of Christ's church, and uh, that we dwell together in the house of, the, of our God, right? And he dwells with us. We heard that in our Bible study yesterday, too. By the way, Bible study did not record. That's my fault. I got caught up in the meal prep and didn't remember to switch over to, uh, to, to the friendship room. But in any case, uh, if you were there, you heard how um, at the end of chapter 37 of Ezekiel, how um, God makes his dwelling with us. Uh, you can get the um, uh, the handout uh, that's available on the website. If you want a link to that, just let me know. I'll send a, send a link to you. Or maybe I'll just do that now while we're talking about it. Uh, but in any case, there's the, uh, the dwelling of God amongst his people, and that's the church. The other thing that's, that's going here uh, will connect also to our memory verse and our catechism for the week, uh, which is that um, the Lord God is, well, maker of heaven and earth, meaning um, he governs and preserves and takes care of all things, right? Even a sparrow and a swallow who will lay, um, it's actually make their nests at the altars. Uh, it's an interesting expression, isn't it? What does it mean that it's at their, their altar, at the altar? All right, not sacrificial, I don't think. I think it's um, that we dwell um, in the shadow of or under the atoning cover of the altar. Maybe there's a way to think about that. All right. And of course, it's confession of Christ too, who is our shield and our um, son and who is the anointed one. All right. Um, as I said, I'll, I'll put the link here to the uh, Bible study materials from yesterday. So if you're used to watching it online, sorry, um, no audio, no video. Uh, that was my fault, but um, you can at least uh, get the content of what we talked about from the handout. All right. So to that point, here's our memory verse for the week. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. All right, catechism. Uh, it's the creed, the first article. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul. 
eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. Okay, our first reading today, continuation from the book of Hebrews, we've been reading through here in our daily prayer, now Hebrews chapter 12. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, think Aaron, by the way, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Wow, that's uh, pertinent to what we read on Friday, is it not? Where the uh, fire of the Lord's wrath came out from, uh, from the, the glory cloud and devoured the 250 men who had rebelled against him, who refused to hear um, Aaron, the one whom God had appointed. Uh, I think it's probably in the background of this text, don't you think? Uh, I think so. All right, so more on that here from Numbers chapter 16. All right, so on the next day, this is the next day after the uh, Korah incident, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. Now it happened, when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron, that they turned toward the tabernacle of meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. So Moses said to Aaron, Take a censer and put fire in it from the altar, put incense on it, and take it quickly to the congregation, and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord, the plague has begun. Then Aaron took it as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the assembly, and already the plague had begun among the people. So he put the incense, put in the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague had, was stopped. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700, besides those who died in the Korah incident. So Aaron returned to Moses at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, for the plague had stopped. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and get from them a rod from each father's house all their leaders according to their father's houses, twelve rods. Write each man's name on his rod, and you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi, for there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. Then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting, before the testimony where I meet with you, and it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom, thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel, which they make against you. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and each of their leaders gave him a rod apiece for each leader according to their father's houses, twelve rods. And the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses placed the rods before their Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds. 
had produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Then Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord of the or before the Lord to all the children of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. And the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels, that you may put their complaints away from me, lest they die. Thus did Moses, just as the Lord commanded him, so he did. So the children of Israel spoke to Moses, saying, Surely we die, we perish, we all perish. Whoever even comes near the tabernacle of the Lord must die. Shall we all utterly die? Answer, uh, apart from the Lord, yes. (laughs) All right. So it's the next day, which is interesting, right? So we had the Korah incident. Then on the next day, the people are still complaining against Moses and Aaron, grumbling, right? Saying what? Verse 41, the first verse there. You have killed the people of the Lord. Did they? Hmm. How about the Lord had? Uh, What happened again when they gathered to oppose Moses and Aaron? The glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud, right? Or the cloud appeared and the glory of the Lord appeared. Cloud covered the tent. There we go. All right. And again, the Lord says to to Moses, get away that I may consume them. Uh, Put an end to them. And again, Moses and Aaron fall face down in intercession. Right? We don't hear their words this time, but uh, it does appear that they intercede. I'm seeing the repetitious pattern here. Daily life of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay. Um, And what did Moses tell Aaron to do? To make atonement for the people. Really? How? Not by blood sacrifice. This is an interesting atonement, right? They're going to be covered by incense, right? The sweet smell of, of the, sac, of the um, sacrifice of the, of the sweet incense, right? Um, using fire from the altar. So he, he takes that out into the midst of the people. Um, atonement means a covering for debt. It usually means a blood covering. Um, but here it can mean something more like payment or satisfaction um, to fulfill the law, right? Because the wrath of the Lord had gone out against the people, right? And the plague was already had already begun amongst them. Uh, remember why plagues? Plagues are a sign of judgment. God had, had actually attached a word of judgment to the plagues, especially the, the plagues of Israel, excuse me, of Egypt, then against Israel every time they rebelled against the covenant, the promise that they had made to be faithful. Mm. Aaron, though, stands between the living and the dead, right, with that sweet-smelling incense. So uh, there's Christ standing in the breach. There's another way to think of that too. Um, this also happens in the life of David. So that's why I think you know seeing Jesus in this text is completely appropriate um, because Jesus is, of course, the son of David. So Second Samuel chapter 24. Um, this is after David does the unlawful sen- sen- uh, census, excuse me, and then uh, there's the judgment declared by God via. Well, to the Lord, but I'm I'm saying it would be, oh, it's the word of the Lord came by way of the prophet Gad, David's seer. All right. So the Lord sent a plague among upon Israel from the morning till the appointed time. From Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men of the people died. And when the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, it is enough, now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. Now that threshing floor, of course, becomes the place of the temple. So uh, something going on there already. Then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, Surely I have sinned and I have done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. And then he establishes that altar on the threshing floor. 
and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings there. And so the Lord heeded the prayers for the land by David, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. All right. So you can go see that in the very last chapter of Second Samuel, Second Samuel, Second Samuel, chapter twenty-four. All right. So again, I, I think a picture of Christ. Um, in this case, not seventy thousand, but how many died? Fourteen thousand seven hundred. The Lord gives; the Lord takes away. All right. Now, as a sign of that judgment, so they do not forget that by rebelling against the one whom Lord the Lord has established, you are rebelling against the Lord. Again, we've gone over the same repeatedly. Um, they don't seem yet to understand. Um, each are to offer a rod or a staff from to represent their household. So the head of each household, uh, the twelve tribes, I should say, each tribe is to give. Um, to Moses and Aaron, a staff to represent them with their name on it. And then Moses is to place the rods uh, before the testimony. That's um, the holy place. And then what would happen to the staff of the chosen one, according to the word of the Lord? Uh, It would blossom, right? And this was, as the Lord said, um, to rid himself of the complaints of the children of Israel, which he makes against them, to stop their constant grumbling against Moses. All right? Um, But they have Moses and the prophets let them hear them. Signs and wonders do not bring repentance, only the word attached to them, right? All right, so what happened on the next day, that would be the third day, um, on the third day, to the staff of uh, Aaron? Not the rest, just Aaron's. Aaron representing Levi. Is it blossoms, it buds, it uh, sprouts, and it yields ripe almonds. So we have this dead wood on the third day yielding life. Hmm. It might remind you of something on the third day. All right. And what uh, was Moses to do with Aaron's rod? Okay. Now it becomes a testimony and it's set before um, the testimony. So we have this wood um, that then brings life and it's set before the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat. Hmm. Yeah. Well, how about this? It's appropriate to have a a crucifix, a wooden cross in which Christ bears life um, above the altar, the mercy seat, where God delivers his forgiveness. Mm. Okay. Um, how does Aaron's staff then tie into the work of Jesus? Well, Jesus is the only one who can give life and bear and bear fruit in us, right? You can see John 15, I am the uh, vine, you are the branches, right? Whoever is grafted onto me will bear fruit. Um, you see it also in 1 Corinthians. And how about, um, at the end of the church year, it seems appropriate that we hear the apocalyptic language of John in Revelation, so I'll try Revelation 22. Um, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there were there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be on it, or be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be a no night there. there they need no, neither uh, lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. All right? So, clearly there, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Jesus is um, the river, and also the tree bearing 12 fruits. So, it's unlike the 12 rods with only one bearing fruit. Here we have 12 fruits coming from one tree, Christ. You see the reversal, the... Uh, uh, the unification of the 12 tribes around Christ. Yeah. Um, this is clearly a sign of life, <laughs> the budding branch. Where do they receive life? Through the ministry of Aaron, whom the Lord has appointed. No problem, right? Except they exclaim, oh no, we die, we perish. 
we shall all utterly die. Hmm. So, uh, important note there that even a gospel gift of forgiveness, life, and salvation attached to the ministry of Aaron, um, when it is rejected, becomes a curse, as it is for the people that day. All right. It's not the problem with God's word. It's a problem with um, our rebellious hearts. Okay. So, let's summarize. Even though the Lord had opened up the earth to swallow the sons of Korah, the people still complained against Moses and Aaron. Once more, Aaron must rush between the people and death in his vocation as high priest to stop the triumphant march of death. So our Lord comes to put an end to death's hold upon his people. As the rod of Aaron was dead wood that brought life, so too only the dead wood of the cross can bear the living fruit of Christ's body. From that one staff, all life flows as the body and blood which is sacrificed for us is given for us to eat and drink for life and salvation. Our human flesh is always seeking another way, but there is no other way that the Father gives life than through the preaching of the gospel and the administration of the divinely instituted sacraments. The sign of the cross is meant to end all our grumbling because it teaches us to confess that we shall not die, but live. All right, And there's more notes on uh, the idea of uh, the wood, in this case, uh, Ezekiel 37 that we looked at yesterday with um, the two sticks that um, Ezekiel holds together and then connecting that to the cross as well. Um, that's on the... Um, the handout, which you can see in the links in the in the uh, thread above, uh, or if you need a link to that, let me know and I'll send it to you. Um, we didn't actually talk about it in class, so th- that part was just on the sheet. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week, uh, a fitting hymn for the first article of the Creed, Triune God, Be Thou Our Stay. Um, this is the single stanza version. There's a three stanza version as well. We'll just sing the single stanza one. simple little hymn for uh, um, from Dr. Luther. Really, probably appropriate for children, I imagine, right? All right. Let's pray our collect for the week. Almighty and merciful God of your bountiful goodness, keep us from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready in both body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish whatever you would have us do. 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are God, God Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, the Creator and Sustainer of all things. We give thanks to you that you have made us and all creatures, that you have given us our bodies and souls, eyes, ears, and all our members, our reason, and all our senses, and that you still take care of them. You also give us clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, spouse and children, land, animals, and all we have. You richly and daily provide us with all that we need to support us in our body and life. You defend us against all danger and guard and protect us from all evil. All this you do for us out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in us. Grant us through the grace of your only begotten Son to believe that this is most certainly true and to ever thank and praise, serve and obey you as long as we live. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray this day for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. We rejoice with those who rejoice, especially with James, Amy, Nikki, and Jackie all celebrating their birthday, with uh, James, James, and Paul celebrating their baptism, for the households of our church, especially that of Marion, Jodine, Roger and Sherry, Marlene, Jeffrey, and Len. Continue to give thanks for the gift of healing for Marcy. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Allison, Joe, Dennis, Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, and Doug, Donna, Joan, Sandy, and Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, and President Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion again, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Orphan Grain Train. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the prayer our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation prayer for today, uh, Monday, October 16th, 2023. It's good to have you with us here. Uh, I hope that's been a blessing to you. And uh, again, apologies for not being able to record yesterday. Those of you who are homebound or um, uh, distance from us, um, you can use the the handout uh, to cover the material. I encourage you to do that. And uh, the next chapters are going to be fun. Uh, Mog and, or, excuse me, Ma- what do you call it? Magog and... Gog and Magog, that's it, Gog and Magog, the, the cosmic battle that will lead into the eschatological realization of, of the new heavens and new earth that, that will occupy us for about eight chapters after that. Um, good news at the end. So, um, But the end times battle, that's probably appropriate this time um, of year. It's the season when people go off to war, apparently. Um, so um, yeah, you'll be all ready for that uh, if you can take a look at those notes. All right, so that's it for today. Uh, I hope God cares for you in all the various ways that he does in body and life and that you will be with us again in the morning. See you then.
We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.